0: Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations.
1: So this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, The title to my message is called Come Follow Me. And... uh, I have, a, I have actually a little movie clip in here I'm going to have you watch part of during, during part of the sermon here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I do want to say I'm grateful for uh, Pastor J.D. and Jamie giving me an opportunity to share the word. I love the word. I love to talk about it. I love to study it. I love to read it. And uh, But before we dive in, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I know, I know you're all nested into your place. Well, if you'd be stand with me, I want to pray together. I want to pray for, first of all, for those in our church body, and there's dozens uh, that are not here this morning because they are battling a sickness, for many of them the COVID, and we want to pray for healing for them. Uh, secondly, I want to pray for, it's been on my heart uh, probably for the last two weeks nonstop, for the situation in Afghan. Uh, we're down to the final 72 hours, if our president holds the line. And uh, of people having an opportunity to be, um, to get out of there. And for those that are choosing to stay behind, I want to pray for that situation. And then, and then lastly, I want to pray for our pastors, J.D. and Jamie. Okay, that God would bless them and they'd have a wonderful time of rest. So if you'll bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we can come boldly before your throne of grace for help in our times of need. And so, Lord, we come before you. And Father, first of all, we want to lift up our church family for the families that are fighting and battling sickness in this COVID, God. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over that and we command that spirit of sickness, Lord. We pray for sickness to depart for them and for health and recovery to be restored to their life because of the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you endured the scourging on your body. And the blood that flowed from that, so that you could provide health and healing for all of mankind. So Lord, whether you choose to use the doctors or do a miracle, we're looking to you. You are Jehovah Rapha, the one the God who heals. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we want to lift up um, the situation in Afghanistan and the Afghan people and all the people there from all different countries that have come along come there to help and to serve those people. Lord, we know that what we're seeing in the natural is a battle in the spirit realm. So, Father, we stand in the gap, and we pray, Father, that your angels would go forth in Jesus' name to bring, to bring home and arrangements and divine encounters, God, for both the people that want to leave and the people that are choosing to stay. Lord, I pray for a divine outpouring of your spirit on those that have, that have bought into the deception and lies of the enemy, that you would reveal yourself to them and that they would come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Lord, do what only you can do. Bring repentance. May it sweep the nation, God. And may people by the millions be born again. Father, we pray for our troops that are serving over there. We ask you specifically as a representative of our nation that you would watch over them, that you'd protect them, Father, that you'd give them wisdom and discernment on the plans of the enemy and they would see it beforehand and be able to adjust accordingly. But Lord, we pray for protection over them. And for all those that know you, Father, we pray, we we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We thank you. And Father, for those in, our, in your church that are choosing to stay there, to continue to be a light and a witness to you, we pray, Father, that you would give them um, just a uh, divine download of exactly what to say, when to say, where to go, and what to do, Lord. We pray that, that um, their lives would bear tremendous fruit in the kingdom of God. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. And Father, we want to lift up Pastor J.D. and Jamie. We pray, Lord, that you would watch over them, keep them safe, and that they would experience times of refreshing for their spirits, for their minds and souls, and for their bodies. That they'd come back refreshed and renewed, And and just build up, and just have such a wonderful time together, Lord. But keep them safe. We pray. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. You may have a seat. All right. So come, follow me. Um, I want to talk about. we're, We're all familiar with this with Jesus saying, "Come, follow me." He said it to his disciples. When he called them, um, he still says it today, and we want to be um, people that are aware of and participating with the Lord in helping people come follow him. Amen? So I'm, I'm going to talk about three different communities today. Uh, the first community I want to talk about is, has to do with uh, the one we're born into, and that would be What? Our family, right? Our family is a community. Uh, we're born into families. All of us are. And we're, we're aware of the first family. Genesis chapters, uh, what, three and four, uh, where God created Adam and Eve, remember? You know? And then Adam and Eve, they had their first two kids. What were their names? Cain and Abel. That's right. Then they had many kids thereafter. So we're familiar with those. That was the first, the first uh, family. Would you say that that family was um, a little dysfunctional? <laughs> um, would you say your family's a little dysfunctional? <laughs> I think we've all at times uh, would say, hey, there's some dysfunction in our families. I think that would be true with all of us. Here's, here's, here's what I want to pull away, a couple things on that. One is God designed family. It was his idea. He created family, and he intends those families, his intention was for families to be a place of love and support and protection, among other things. Now, many of us have experienced something different than that, and I get that, because we have evil present in this world, and that's affected families. But God's intent, his original design, was for families to be a sanctuary for mom and dad and those kids. So that being said, I think it's important that as Christ followers, we are advocates for a biblical perspective on what family is. It's important. We're living in a time where family is under complete assault by the enemy of our soul. He's trying to skew what a family is. He's trying to um, totally change uh, how, how, how people view themselves and their identity as, as a biological boy or girl. And he's doing all of that because he's trying to destroy the very basic family unit that God designed in our society. So here's the kicker. Why should we be advocates? Because every society... Where family has been attacked or fallen has never survived in the history of our planet. Family, a biblical family, is important. It's the key building block, one of the foundations for society to be success, be successful in the history of mankind. So I, I was I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking, boy, I how am I doing at being an advocate for God's family? Uh The Bible says, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5. He said, I've called you to be um, salt and light. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth. This is Jesus speaking further down in that same chapter, verse 16. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, what do salt and light do? Well, salt preserves and gives flavor. Light reveals, and as bearers of the truth, I believe we're called to do that by our Lord. To be a flavor of the truth. Whoops! Going to help my notes here. Be a carrier of the truth, and um, be an influence in every arena that God's placed us at home, at work in any other place you have an influence. I want to I challenge myself, and I want to challenge you. Be an advocate. Be a voice for a biblical family perspective. Amen? Amen. That'll be, that'll be great. Colossians 4.6. I'll, I'll close with this on this point, and then uh, go on to my second. The Bible says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Be with grace, seasoned with salt, knowing how you ought to answer every question that comes to you. So I, to, I just want to just say be an advocate for godly families. They aren't perfect, I get it. They may be dysfunctional. I came out from a little bit of one. But I'm telling you, it's God's design. I'll tell you. I'm going to share a quick story. When I was uh, younger, when I, um, where my mom and dad extended grace to me, Colossians four six. So I was about uh, four and a half years old, and uh, so that's been a that's been a few years, and and uh, in those days there. It, Parents were not as, it wasn't the norm that as soon as your kids got sick, we took them to the doctor and doctors wrote a prescription and boom, they went on the prescription. Uh, my mom grew up on a farm in Minnesota, so she had some of those medicinal um, practices or things that they'd learned on the farm on how to deal with sickness when someone got sick. sick. And one of the things was when you got a chest cold and you were struggling, uh, they would take a little teaspoon of brandy And they would warm it up and they'd have you swallow that teaspoon of brandy and that thing would warm your chest and clear your chest up. Well, I was about four and a half years old and my mom had uh, the end of a container of peach brandy in the refrigerator. And I had a chest cold. And so my mom took a teaspoon and she warmed it up real good and she uh, gave it to me and I swallowed that. And... um, I thought, that tastes pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling better just on the taste. (laughs) So four and a half years old. So my mom went down into another room to do some wash. And uh, I thought that tasted so good. I thought, I I, I need to have myself a little bit more of that. So I went to the refrigerator, true story. And thank the Lord, there was only a little bit left in that. But as a four and a half year old, I just drank that thing down. (laughs) <laughs> so and it hit me like that so uh my mom comes walking down the hall and I thought first of all I took the bottle and I knew it was empty I can't put it back in the fridge so I threw it in the trash and so I started to try to make my way down to the hallway to get to my room and I'm weaving back and forth like this And and my mom comes by, and she looks at me, and and you know parents are serious when they call you by your first name. I go by Bob. My my legal name is Robert. And she said, Robert, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And I said, I'm I'm leaning against the wall, and I'm saying, nothing. (laughs) And she said, why are you acting so funny? And I said, I'm not acting funny. (laughs) And she said, did you go into the refrigerator for something? And I said, what are you talking about? And so she left to go down the hall and go into the kitchen, the refrigerator, to check that bottle of brandy. So she leaves, and she goes to the refrigerator, and uh, she opens it up, and there's no bottle. So she goes and opens the uh, cupboard below the sink, trash can, right? And there's that empty bottle of brandy. So in the meantime, when she left me, I thought, she's going to figure something out, so I need to do something quick thinker here so I took the first left into the bathroom and I thought I need to brush my teeth so she smells my breath it won't smell like brandy so I took my toothbrush out and I grabbed what I thought was the toothpaste and in those days there was this tube of stuff you could buy this is before uh, hairspray is called brill cream (laughs) and my dad used to do it to put it in his hair to keep his hair in place and so I just grabbed it, squeezed out brill cream, and started brushing my teeth like crazy. So mom comes in. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> I turned her. My, my lips and teeth are covered in white with brill cream. And she said, you drank that brandy, didn't you? And I, Not me. <laughs> and she said, Robert, you need to go lay down on your bed till this thing wears off. And I was wise enough to obey my mom, and I did. And uh, I went to sleep like that. After I rinsed stuff off of my mouth. And uh, mom just extended grace to me, which I was grateful for. But uh, it's just an example of where the love in a family and extended to you in a moment can make a difference in your heart. Amen? All right. Second, second uh, community I want to talk to you about uh, has to do with the community of believers. Now, this one we choose to join. All of us do. We choose to be Christ followers. Um, every person on the planet does, historically, presently, and in the future. We all choose to be part of the family of God. And, and it's probably one of the, as you know, the most important question that we fa- face today. How many of you have seen the uh, TV series, uh, The Chosen? Anybody? A few of us. So The Chosen is a compilation of episodes. It's filmed of, from Jesus' life as recorded in the Gospels. The series is remarkably accurate to Scripture, and it reveals what the life of our Lord and his disciples were when they were here on the earth. Um, we're going to watch a clip from the episode that's going to view in in just a moment. We get a look at the very start of Jesus beginning his public ministry, and he's calling his disciples. So he's gonna, you're going to see the clip. He's going to be on the seashore, and he's teaching some people, and out and it's on the Sea of Galilee. And Peter and Andrew are out fishing, and James and John, and they've been fishing all night. The next uh, moment of the clip, it shows Simon stepping out of the boat, and he comes to shore, and he falls down before Jesus and starts crying, and he said, he says, depart from me, Rabbi. He said, because I'm a sinner. I've done so many things wrong. And Jesus lifts up his head, and says the famous words come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men this part of the gospel is uh, really close to my heart Uh, the reason it is because I realize as a Christ follower all of us are called to be fishers of men every one of us when we get born again and born into the family of God the Lord helps us grow in him and then he gives us a mandate to go and share our our faith with others and see people come to Christ Um, the day and the age that we're living in I see millions of people hundreds of millions that are desperate for an encounter with Jesus they need Christ in their lives Just like Sherilyn and I did. See, my my wife and I, uh, we weren't raised in a Christian home. And we we didn't know the Lord. We knew about him. We heard him. I was raised in a denomination that taught me all kinds of things about Jesus. But they were missing out a key component, and that was you have to have a personal relationship with them. And it wasn't until the first year of our marriage, just a few months in, <laughs> that God orchestrated for both of us to come to Christ within just weeks of each other. I did, I was working at a, uh, at a uh, restaurant as an assist- assistant manager. I was working three day shifts and two uh, night evening shifts, 5 p.m. to 4 a.m., and during the day, 7 to 5, and uh, very quickly, you get to know the regulars that come in, and there was a gentleman named Jeff Knutson that would come in. He worked at Steeles Market across the street in Fort Collins, Colorado, and he used to come in just about every day on his lunch break, and he'd order coffee sitting at the counter and pull out a pocket Bible and sit there and read it, and uh, over time, I got to know Jeff. And over time, I used to make fun of Jeff. Not in a real bad, just fun in the sense, oh, here comes the goody, who He thinks he's better than us because he reads that Bible. Be careful who you make fun of. So as I got to know Jeff and, and a little bit about his family, Janice, and their kids, I asked Jeff one day, I just said, Jeff, why do you read that Bible all the time? And he says, because it's filled with God's promises, and they're for everyone. And I said, that's, I said, that's great. And he said, would you like to talk, get together and just talk more about it? I said, sure, what have I got to lose? Of course, Jeff's thinking, well, let me think, eternity without God. (laughs) And I'm just like, what have I got to lose? So we both got off around five o'clock, and he came back to the restaurant. And we sat in a booth. And he shared with me some scriptures. Scriptures like Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, that says the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentiles, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. And then he shared with me Romans 6, 23, that says, For the wages of sin is death. Death. He says, But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he shared the verse that really pierced my heart, and that was Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which says, For by grace you are saved through faith, that it's not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. And he said, Bob, what I'm telling you is this. I know you know about the Lord, he says, but from what you're telling me, you have a picture of him that if you're basically a good person, you're going to be okay. I mean, it's logical, right? If I do more good deeds than bad when I stand before the Lord. And he said, that's not the case. We just read the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but that the gift of God is eternal life. He said, it's a gift. It's not something you can earn. He said, if you could earn it, Jesus would not have needed to come. And that made me think. And then he shared a verse with me, the final verse, and it was Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Some of you know it, and that is, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess or confess your faith and are saved. So sitting in a booth in a restaurant that I worked in, Jeff just said, do you want to pray and make Jesus the Lord of your life? And I said, sure. So he led me into prayer and I prayed and I got born again. That was in 1980. So Sherilyn and I had been married on June 7th of that year. And so we're newlyweds and we're a few months into being married. And I, I come home, we're renting an apartment uh, actually, it was one side of a duplex. And she met me at the door and uh, in the evening, and, and she said, hi, sweetheart. And I said, hi. And she said, how was your day? I said, I got saved. She said, saved from what? <laughs> <laughs> and I told her I got saved by asking Christ into my life. And Sherilyn... started to cry. And she said, she shared with me that just two or three weeks ago, she'd finished reading a book called The Lake Great Planet Earth, and at the end of that book, prayed a similar prayer and had come to Christ and hadn't told me. And that book was left for me as a tip when I was in high school as a waiter at a village inn that someone left me there, along with a tip. And I never read it. I just threw it on the shelf, not realizing my wife-to-be, several years later, would read that book and come to Christ. And that's how my wife and I came to Jesus. And since then, we've been on a mission to be a fisher of men and women, serving his body, but sharing our faith. And I, I want to leave you with that today. I want to encourage you to be a voice and an advocate in your arenas that you serve. And have influence for Christ. I have, a, I have a gift for you. I like. I have the ushers. They have them. What I've, what I've learned is that mo- many Christians, they're comfortable with sharing part of their testimony. But when it comes down to actually sharing their faith and leading someone to Christ... They struggle. So, Ken, if you cheer, give one, they're going to pass them out here on, this, on, to the, on each row. And what this is, is just a little three-by-five card. And on it is some of the scriptures I just gave you and a couple others. And it's just a simple prayer that you can pray with someone and lead them to Jesus. And this is a gift for you. I want you to be fully equipped and, and empowered to be comfortable with leading someone to Christ. The reality is, there are people that will never come to church and hear the gospel, but they'll, they'll listen to you when you're standing side by side at work with them or at a ball game or out to eat. So if you look at that card at the top, it says, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and the only way to God, that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I choose to turn from my sin. I now invite you into my heart and my life, and I choose to trust you as Savior and follow you as Lord of my whole life. Amen. All right. I'm going to close with one last quick story. So, accepting Christ into our lives has started us on a journey that has completely changed the trajectory of our lives. It's also affected our entire family. All my kids know Christ. Their spouses do. And our grandkids. And I'm grateful for that. Because Jesus is the center of everything that matters. Um, years ago, after walking with the Lord for a number of years, I felt like God was calling me more into a full-time ministry, and I should prepare for that. So in 1994, I left a job I'd had for 13 and a half years, and uh, we left our f- family and we moved to Dallas, Texas, and I enrolled at Christ for the nation's Bible College. And there at uh, the college, you take a number of classes that help you. Both with theology as well as with practical application of your faith, and I had this one class with this Mrs. Dickinson, and she was very led by the Spirit, just very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we would come to our class every every day. Um, If I recall, hers was three times a week, and she would teach the Word and then she would minister as led by the Holy Spirit. And there was probably, I don't know, 25, 30 students in there. And I was one of them. And uh, one day she had a stand and we got ready to pray. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit came to rest on me. Like you'd put a blanket around my arm, around my shoulders. <laughs> and I wasn't hearing anything specific from the Lord. I just knew, God, you are really just like my heart is full. And she looked at me and she said, I have a word for me from the Lord. And she said, "Um, you've been called for this season. And one of the things you're called to do is is to bring in the harvest. And she said, I know we all are called to be in the harvest. But she said this. When As you go forth, don't go with a fishing pole. Go with a combine. Because there are millions of people that need Jesus. So let me, um, let me pray with you. Let me have everyone bow their heads and close their eyes for just a moment. you're here this morning and you were like me maybe growing up and you know about Jesus but you've never had a personal encounter with him I want to pray with you to accept Christ so with every high I bowed and I closed just this is between you and the Lord it's not between you and me but if God's pulling on in your heart and you want to pray to accept Christ I'd love to have that privilege and I'm asking you to raise your hand right where you're at I'm not going to call you up front I just want to know, you're here now, and you want to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. I see that hand. Is there any others? I'll take just a moment. I see that other hand. Someone else want to join these two? I see that hand as well. Anyone else? You may know about Jesus, but you know in your heart you've never personally committed your life to him. Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to ask Christ into your life. Okay. With your heads bowed, for those those that raised your hand, I'm going to lead us all on a prayer. It's the prayer on the card. But I want you to close your eyes and just say it to the Lord. And in this moment, when we're finished, God will meet you right where you're at and you'll be born again so if you'll repeat after me congregation say Lord Jesus Christ I believe that you are the son of God and the only way to God that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead I choose to turn from my sin and I now invite you into my heart and my life choose to trust you as Savior and follow you as my Lord my whole life in Jesus name Amen
0: Thanks for listening Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he called them to do One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.